Welcome to Leadership Unleashed. Today's leaders must be experts in emotional intelligence, the art of persuasion, and masters of motivation. Each week, you'll hear hints and tips to help you develop confidence, build your identity, and your skills as a leader. Here's your host, authentic leadership expert, Leslie Hunter. Hi, and welcome to the show. This is Leadership Unleashed, the show that unleashes the leader, the individual, the person at the heart of the process from the process itself. So I'm looking for people on my show who are real people, who are real leaders. So my guest today, I'm talking about real people, but she spends her life portraying fictional characters. Um, because I'm talking today to a good friend, but also an excellent actress, Karen Asemper. Karen, welcome to the show. Oh, hi, Leslie. Thank you. It's fabulous to have you on the show, Karen. Before we go any further, when I look at your show reel, I've seen you play the part of a nurse. I've yeah. seen you be a police officer. For our UK audience, you've been in Coronation Street. Yeah. But, oh, the accolade for me. I'm a huge, huge Star Trek fan. You've actually played and worked alongside Sir Patrick Stewart, Captain yeah. Jean-Luc Picard, the ultimate leader of the Enterprise. Well, actually, I'm sure William Shatner would disagree with me there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Karen, tell yeah. me, indulge me, indulge me very, very quickly. Tell me, what was it like to work with Patrick Stewart? Absolutely amazing. A dream come true. Before I actually had that audition, about maybe a year before that, I was watching him in uh, Star Trek and I was in my little flat at the time and I couldn't take my eyes off him. He had done a scene. I remember just his face and everything. It was so natural. I thought he was fantastic. And I kept rewinding it, playing it back. It's on videos. You remember videos? You stopped <laughs> Patrick Stewart on video. <laughs> just trying to take on board what he had just delivered. Like I said, great leadership, how he came across. And I thought it was absolutely amazing. And when I got my audition, um, and I got what, the, what was the What was the show that you were auditioning It was on? 11th Hour. It was a drama called 11th Hour, and I played okay. a character called uh, Janie. Janie. Um, okay. Yeah, and it, I, I just couldn't believe that I'd be working with him because what a guy. And, you know, to watch somebody of his caliber, you know, working alongside you, it was a masterclass. It was absolutely fantastic. So I did get to tell him that, you know, I had been stalking him. <laughs> and that took my breath away. And he just held my hand when we were going back to our trailers and he said, darling, you know, it's been a dream. And I thought, oh God, it's been such a dream for me. Amazing. Wow. Now, I mean, he, in the acting world, he, he must be classed as a leader, you know, yeah. because he... Well, he's Hollywood, isn't he? He's Hollywood. Yeah, he's yeah. Hollywood. He's, he's, he's a... I was going to say a proper actor. I don't mean that you're not a proper actress. Yeah, I know <laughs> what you mean. <laughs> proper actor. But, I mean, he, he covers the whole range. He does Shakespeare right, right mm. through. So what is it about him, not as an actor, but mm. as a leader in that discipline of acting? What is it that you think makes him stand out? What is it that he has mm. or does that all these aspiring people either don't have or don't do? Well, what did stand out, I remember, like I said, he is Hollywood, um, but he does remember, you know, 
where he comes from as well and how he got um, Star Trek, which was, you know, he told me it was a, a lifesaver for him, was he was working in LA, he was doing Shakespeare and somebody said, you know, we've got this pilot, do you want an audition? And it was neither here and they said, yeah, why not? And that gave him, you know, like a massive break, not to say that he wasn't a, a fantastic actor with the Royal Shakespeare Company, because he was, he, you know, he's a fantastic actor. But what I did notice on set, you know, I was playing a smaller role alongside him. He knew everybody's name. He took time out with everybody. He made it his job to get to know people as well. And so when we were on set as well, you know, he's, he had his chair offset. My chair was alongside of his. He let me sit in his chair. He, <laughs> he, he didn't act like a diva. He acted. Right. He commanded respect, but he didn't act like a diva. He made everybody feel, even though he has a presence, that they were on his level. Right. So he make it. He made it easy for you to speak to him, and he was warm, and he listened. And I think they're all, you know, tips for great leadership. And that's wow. how you've <laughs> you've you've given me a whole list there. Let, let's let's just recap them. Visibility. Yeah, being visible as a as a leader, a yeah. big, big criticism and complaint about a lot of leaders in organisations that I've worked with, particularly when an organisation's going through change. Mm. Uh, you know, the leaders the leaders really really need to be visible and be seen by mm. the people around them. But just being seen isn't enough. You said there, knowing everybody by name and being able to engage and and develop that relationship. That, mm. that rapport mm. um what else did you say listening being able yeah. to listen yeah I, do you know something else that that struck me when when you were saying that at the start that he auditioned well of course he did in your field everybody does audition but when mm. you think of somebody of that ilk still being prepared to put themselves almost <laughs> through that process, through that experience and say, I'm no better than anyone else yeah. at this stage. That, mm. that must be quite a, a key lesson for leaders to learn as well. Yeah, and he was so comfortable to work with, you know. I mean, like we said before, he's Hollywood. So, you know, we said he, he went out of his way to get to know everybody, to meet every morning, you know, which we all know who he is, but he made it, you know, every day to say, hi, Karen, are you okay? We're doing a scene together today. Would you like to go through it? He made me feel comfortable. So as you can imagine, I'm in awe of Sir Patrick Stewart and all that you can think of as, I just want to get this right. I just want to get it right. And sometimes I would, I'd think, oh, I don't want to ask him, you know, if he wants to go through a scene. But he made it comfortable for me. Ah, yeah. again, very, very important. Um, mm. I mean... Surely you must have met some people in your life as well who profess to be leaders and then once they get into that that role mm. you know, or that character as a leader, they almost forget where they've come from. And yeah. if, if they don't make the effort, if they don't try and make it comfortable for the people working around them, Mm. And I mean, sometimes I use the term followers, but I don't mean that in any derogatory term, because surely if somebody is a lead actor, then you are following their lead. Yeah. yeah. And it is, you know, I'm writing an article at the moment about loneliness, especially in the workplace, because as, as a coach also, I, you know, and I, I've asked a, a client if I can share this and it's, and it's fine. They've started a, a new job, but they feel, feel so lonely. 
in the workplace because actually most of the life is spent in the workplace. You know, they're seen as a great worker if they put family and friends second and work first, but they're not being spotted or acknowledged by um, their director or team leader and they're finding it, finding it really, really lonely because actually when they take themselves out of that position, they've got nobody to speak to and they can't speak to, like I said, that director or team leader. They're not making themselves accessible. And I find that really, really sad. Now, that, that's interesting as well, because I think that works both ways. Um, I mean, you're talking about an individual there who's finding it, it, the loneliness, as you say, due to the interaction with, with others in the workplace. Mm. But one of, I mean, one of my previous guests talked about vulnerability. Mm. And that's something that... When I was inspecting schools, as you know, I, you know, I, in fact, we've even done some work together, haven't we? Yeah. In schools? yeah. Um, but when I was inspecting schools, one of the key things that a lot of the head teachers and the senior leaders would say to me was, I'm always looking over my shoulder. I'm just waiting for someone to, to kind of catch me out or find, find out that I don't know everything. I haven't got all the answers. And it's that sense of vulnerability as a leader um, if you were to play a character, I'm really putting you on the spot here, Karen. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. Uh, if you were to play a character and you were told that you were the leader of a group of people in a particular context, hmm. how would you get that vulnerability to show through but still be a leader? I mean, what sort of things do you have to think about? I suppose for me, it would be, well, research is a massive thing. And being honest at the start, you know, knowing that you don't know everything. So showing that you don't know anything, but you're always willing to go in, go and look for that. You know, because like you said before, how are we to know absolutely everything? And sometimes I suppose as being a leader, you're expected to. Well, do you think, do you think they're expected to, or do you think the leader takes that sort of mantle on themselves and would see it as a sign of weakness if they... Yeah, yeah, I would actually, yeah, because I've done it myself, actually. So have I. <laughs> I'm just... Yeah. Even as a coach, when, you know, you're helping people help themselves solve problems and normally people come to you because they expect that you can save them and save their lives. Well, actually, yeah. we, oh, we've got some tools that can help to do that, but it's up to you to, to work with it at the end of the day. But I suppose sometimes I myself sometimes feel like, no, come on, I could, I need to do more with you. Or sometimes you take it on board yourself and it's learning yeah. to think about, no, nope, no, nope, okay, I need to just step back and know that I can't do everything. And my expectation for myself is, you know, you're here to do this job and help somebody find a way. So, yeah, I think, I think a lot of it is what we put on ourselves. But I do sometimes feel that like people's expectation, and I think actually the fear of being judged, um, maybe as a leader, can make you feel, we're talking about loneliness before, can make you feel really lonely because a lot of people don't want to be judged as being seen, oh, well, they're not doing their job properly or they haven't done what we expected them to do. Now, that must be something from the acting profession that I suppose, I don't know, do you just develop a thick skin? Do you have a particular strategy that you use? Because there must be times when you know that you're the right person for a role or a job. And for whatever reason, the people who are doing the casting make a different decision and you, you, you don't get it. I had a, a 
friend and a colleague who had never, she'd grown up being told that she was um, the little princess, she was perfect, absolutely everything, you know, the world at her feet, etc. And it wasn't until she went for her first job interview that she actually met what I call rejection. And she had no idea how to handle that because she'd been brought up in such a a caring and loving environment, but she'd been told consistently that she could do anything she wanted, the world was her oyster, etc., etc., etc. And in fact, she'd been led to have these expectations that were just completely and totally off the wall. And as a result, when she did come against that, that, that rejection for the first time, she hadn't a clue how to handle it. Yeah. Now that must be something that, (laughs) sorry to be so negative, but (laughs) that must be something that you, you have to deal with. So what, how do you deal with that? What's your strategy or tip for somebody for dealing with, with that type of rejection? Yeah. Well, for me, you were talking about, yeah, yeah. I don't take it personally, and I don't know if it makes it easier from the background that I come from, which is I was rejected as a child most of my life in, you know, whether it was because of the colour of my skin or the area that I come from or, you know, being a, a, a woman, a, a girl at the time. So I think for me that rejection always made me think, right, I'll show you. I'll show you. Made you you stronger. Yeah, it made me stronger. And then, that, but then it can be a negative because I remember one day – when I passed my degree, which you know, I never thought I would do at the time, but when I passed it and my family told me, they were so proud of me and I thought, oh, you know, and I thought, well, what do I do now then? <laughs> I don't have to prove anymore, you know? And I felt a little bit of think, oh, well, what do you do if you've always got nothing to prove? Because I always use that rejection and that I'll show you. That was my motivation. Uh, right. So you have to learn to work another way. But for me, I, I work from my passion. And I understand that with my job, it does run on how you look, you know. I mean, I'm in my 40s, but I play a character, uh, I play characters that are, uh, that are late 30s. Um, oh, Karen, you can get away with Not late 30s, early, sorry, early, <laughs> you late can get, 40s, early 30s. <laughs> you, can get, you can get away, you can get away with it, I'm telling you. For any, for the listeners, let's just stop there. For the listeners, if you don't know Karen Asemper, you've got to go to her website, karenasemper.com. There's a, a showreel there. She's stunning. And oh. <laughs> Karen, but what you've said there, you know, the I'll show you, that, yeah. that's, um, that's almost a defiance. That's like a, an inner strength. That's, yeah. that's like me being told when I was a, a kid, no, you can't play football because you're a girl. And I'm thinking, right, I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, it is. But also to know that your worth isn't based on you know, on that person not wanting you, it doesn't mean that you are not worthy of that job or whatever it is that that you're going for. So for me, it's, you know, I've done a lot of work on myself, you know, self-worth wise. And I think that that helps a lot. And to know that, you know, it's not personal. It's absolutely not personal. And you don't know, it could, sometimes it's so small. I didn't get a job once because they wanted someone who was a little bit larger than myself. You know, (laughs) so what we go through all the time with magazines and one minute's heroin chic. So we all have to be a size zero and uh, size zero and look ill. The next minute, all I keep seeing now in Instagram is 
doing squats to how to get a you know a, a big backside and curvy yeah, yeah yeah so if you went through that you, your body would be in a mess you know trying to to fit the norm all the time but it's knowing it's knowing yourself and knowing that your worth allowing yourself to be vulnerable in the first place by putting yourself out there I think that is a huge success because a lot of people will uh, procrastinate procrastinate never ever put themselves out there and never do anything and never allow but they use the fear as an excuse yeah. Um, to, yeah, yeah, and a barrier to stop it. So this you, you said there that you did quite a lot of work on yourself, self-worth-wise. Yeah. yeah. What, what, kind of, what kind of thing then would, would that entail? You know, let's say somebody's mm-hmm. listening to this thinking, yeah, yeah I, I understand what Karen's saying. I, I understand her story. I, mm-hmm. I actually have felt like that at times. Mm-hmm. But now let's give them something they can actually use you know what kind of thing would you do to improve your self-worth okay well I started off by asking myself who actually am I who am I because the best relationship that I will ever have will be with myself and if I don't know who I am how can anybody else ever figure out who I am because they might think they know me but if I don't know me how can I ever portray myself to anybody else in my truth Right, I'm going to go and lie down in a dark room for half an hour because that's going to be a hard question to ask. (laughs) But you know what? It's such an important question, isn't it? You're right. What you said there, the most important relationship you'll ever have is with yourself. And Mm. if you don't like yourself, and if you don't know yourself, and this is about, let me take this back to being a leader, if you Mm. don't understand yourself and your identity, then how on earth can, can anybody else? Yeah. Okay. So that was the first thing. What's the next thing you do? Uh, for me then, you know, I'm massive into, into meditation. So it was actually spending time with myself as well, actually, in getting to know, getting to know myself, being comfortable in my own skin. Because anybody who, you know, knows me from the past would know that I was always on the phone. I didn't used to like being in the house by myself. I'd always think, right, I need to fill this time, this space. You, so, needed, you needed people around you, yeah. you needed, yeah, and, and that comes back to loneliness, doesn't it? You know. I suppose it does in a way, in confirmation that you are okay. Yeah, it's like approval sometimes in a way. Right, That's so the, getting, yeah. to, getting to know yourself, but also spending some time with yourself. Now, th- this may sound a, a little strange, but mm-hmm. I had a similar conversation like this with my mum not so long ago. Um, when my dad died... I realized that my mum had never really had much of a, a social life outside what they did as a couple. Yeah. And I, I you know, I asked her, mum, do you, do you ever get lonely? And she said, no. She said, at times I am alone, mm. but I'm not lonely. Yeah. Now, I had never really thought about making a distinction between the two. Mm. Um, but what you're clearly saying there is get used to being comfortable and spending time alone in, in terms of being with yourself. Yeah. But that doesn't need to translate into loneliness. No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. You talked about yeah. meditation as well. Yeah. Now, a, lot, a lot of my other guests have talked about meditation. I've tried it. I'm the person in the room who sits there, shuts their eyes, and after 20 seconds is peeking out the corner of their eyes saying, what's everyone else doing? 
yeah. can't shut my head off. How do you do it? Because it's not about shutting your head off. I think this is where we where we get confused with meditation and it's oh. expectation again. You see, we have an expectation. I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. Well, oh. it's, <laughs> it's expectations that we're getting out the window. All you have to do for meditation, it's the practice of being, of sitting. So I'd say for anybody who's starting off meditation, sit there, try it for a minute, try it for two minutes, work your way up. I sometimes do it for over an hour, you know. Wow. Or, or sometimes, sometimes I've got that much on it, maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes. As long as I try to have some stillness within my life, because look, I mean, technology is fantastic. Look, you're, um, you're in, in um, Emirates and I'm in Yorkshire. And when we're doing this interview, it's amazing. Yeah. But then, you know, I get e- you've got emails coming through all the time. You've got phone calls on the time. So when do you ever get that time? Just think. Slow it down. Let, let, yeah, let's slow it down. Slow it down. Because actually going at a fast pace all the time, expectations that people can just get you like that all the time. That's not good for your life, I don't Okay, think. so we've got, first of all, get to, you know, get to know yourself, so get the identity. We've got feel comfortable with yourself. Yeah. You know, that concept of it's all right to spend time alone, but yeah. that doesn't mean you're lonely. Um, meditation is a, a big part. What else do you have in your toolkit then? What else do you do? Allow yourself to be vulnerable, you know, putting yourself out there because we can protect ourselves so much in life how many people you know it comes to that old saying you don't want to go to the graveyard thinking oh i always wanted to be a, a pianist or i always want to do that job you know I my uncle, yeah i wish my uncle who's got alzheimer's and i remember when he first got diagnosed there was a lot of thought going back to how he's actually held himself back in life when he was young he got offered a job as a manager and he didn't take it he said he wasn't really bothered about the money or anything. But when we, I did some work with him, and actually, because he didn't really feel good enough and that he was worthy of the managerial role. Because that's so Yeah. Most people in my uh, family would come from a, a working class background. Yeah, his father had had um, a managerial role, but he actually didn't feel he was worthy of that. So he held himself back, always on the, the lower pay bracket. And uh, same when I was growing up was, you know, Sometimes if we wanted things or it would be, oh, that's not for the likes of us. That's for those money people. Really? So, you know, in my, yeah, a mindset. So, you know, when he got diagnosed, he really did look back at how he'd actually probably sabotaged himself most of his life, held himself back and never allowed himself to be vulnerable, scared maybe of the rejection that he might have faced. That's an interesting word, sabotage himself. Thinking about the people that you work with, switching out to yeah. thinking as, as a coach, because mm-hmm. I know you do a lot of, of coaching work with people. Yeah. Would you say that self-sabotage is one of the biggest issues that, that we have to deal with? Yeah, definitely. Because it seems, and especially in the world how it is today, you know, everything is goal-orientated. And I think that that puts a lot of pressure on people. You know, if you haven't got um, this car, if you haven't done this multi-million pound or dollar deal, or if you're not, you're not seen as doing everything or successful in life. And I think that puts a lot of pressure on. And I think you have to ask yourself, actually, what is success 
for you. To me, yeah. 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 I was just about to say that. What what does success look like? Because an awful lot of what I mean, success for me would be um being on Patrick Stewart's Christmas card list. <laughs> <laughs> so anything you can do there, Karen, I'd I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> um for for some people, success will be the latest sports car, the multi million dollar deal, etc. 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 Or so they will say. Yeah. But when push comes to shove, let's be honest here, that isn't going to buy your health. That isn't going to buy your happiness. I've met so many people who have done exactly what you've suggested there, looked back at some point in their life and suddenly said, I wish I had followed my passion or done this differently or just taken the risk. Mm. And I think the two biggest words that keep going through my head at the moment from talking to you are, what if? You know, yeah. what if I had tried this or what if I had mm. just taken that plunge? And mm. I'm thinking about a number of occasions where, you know, people have said to me, well, Leslie, why don't you try this approach or why don't you try and contact that person? And I immediately think, well, what if, and you're right, it's, yeah. they don't want to know, they reject me. Yeah, exactly. But what does it mean if they do? What does, if they were to say no, what does it really mean? What does it say about you? What, what is it that we're yeah. afraid of? Well, you know, the interesting thing is that if you really think about it logically, whoever that person is, they didn't even know I existed before you make a connection or try to make a connection. So therefore, what does it really mean? They now know I exist, but they, it, they just don't want to engage. So mm. what does it really mean? It really doesn't mean that much, does it? Yeah, it doesn't. And I have this little saying which I use, and sometimes because we all get that fear inside of us, and you know, when I'm going to do something, and I always say to myself, Well, you've got nothing to lose, you've only got more to gain. Oh, I like so that. Before, you know, before you go to ask a question, I always think, Right, there's nothing to lose, just more to gain. Nothing and if you say no, right, they say no. So what? Does it, does it mean that I'm unsuccessful I'm not a nice person I'm, I'm you know I'm not who what my values are it doesn't mean any of that it, all it means is that they've said no now that's a really really powerful lesson for yeah not just for leaders but for aspiring leaders you know just just because somebody says no it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a reflection or a, as you said earlier a judgment and it certainly yeah. doesn't mean it has to affect you and your self-worth yeah right karen something else yeah. that's on your website and um, mm -hmm. the the main strap line on your website says yeah. it wasn't always clear what i wanted out of life it yeah very clear what i didn't want yeah explain that to me in terms of being a leader in your field okay so what through so going through life I always knew really that I, I wanted to be um an actress or a performer in in some sort of way but I didn't know how it was going to happen but what I knew that I didn't want is that I wouldn't have done anything with my life that I you know I know I knew when I was at school and careers said I said I wanted to perform and they said right well you can't do that so let's put you in really helpful careers yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do hairdressing or beauty or, you know, something like that where you've probably got more chance. And I thought, well, no, that's not what I want to do. Yeah. yeah. I said, well, no, well, you, you've probably got more chance of, of doing that. And I thought, well, no, actually, if I don't try, if I don't write a letter to a college or 
try and audition or yeah I've never danced you know I've never done anything was it when I was a child because my parents couldn't afford it but at least have to try yeah yeah so why why not and that was it such a young age and actually if anybody's ever listened to my story it was a teacher who gave me confidence and actually helped me look at my life because she said to me one day while we were doing um it was an English lesson and we had to write short stories and them out and she stopped me in the middle of my performance and she did say to me if you don't end up on the stage you will be wasting your life and those words were so powerful to me and I held on to them with both hands and I was not gonna let that leave me that was it it gave me passion it gave me help my determination and aspirations as well thinking right actually there is more to my life than what anybody's going to pinpoint me for go with your gut and what it is that you want to do now you know so often it comes down to a phrase like that that's said by a parent or a teacher or typically an an adult who is Mm. in some form of authority figure you know yeah. when we're children and so often I hear people who give me the opposite they give me yeah. somebody said I can't do this or I'll never be able to do that and it, this is back to belief isn't it this yeah to, you said you held on to those mm. words but if those words had been negative and you had held on to them then mm. your life might have taken a very very different path And, you know, we have to be really careful. So, you know, leaders as well, whatever position or role that you're in, when you are using words, they can either be like stones or they can be like jewels. Wow, say that again. They can be like stones or like jewels. So they can either, you know, empower somebody or they can take, it can be a simple word, like the word, you know, the word just is such a powerful word word to demean yeah isn't it and take away and take away power you know that word just you you would never think but it is such a a powerful word to take away made it yeah just scrape through yeah 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 Yeah. and you don't you know we used to have a dog and uh we we absolutely loved her and when people used to say what kind of shit i used to say Oh, she's just, she's just mixed. And I think, God, she's not just anything. She's our family dog who we love, who's gave us so much happiness, but she doesn't fit into one particular breed. And, you know, we, we, (laughs) unbelievable. I can't believe, I can't believe that you brought a dog in in the last 30 seconds of our conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Totally unprompted. But, you know, it's, it's, it's perfect because if you had settled for, oh, it's just this is the way your life's going to be or it's just this is what we expect from Karen, you, mm. you wouldn't have done half the things that you've done. Yeah. Karen, I don't know what to say other than the fact that you're definitely not a witch. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not a witch. Um, and I didn't see you portraying a witch on your... Uh, on your show reel so maybe that's your next role yeah. uh, <laughs> there's been so much there that I feel we've just scratched the surface uh, yeah. you've talked about vulnerability about self-worth about empowerment about language about loneliness I love the concept of words being stones and jewels and I'd really really like to explore that further with you would yeah. you would you come back on and talk to me more about that 
Yeah, I'd love to. Definitely. And by then you'll have Patrick Stewart's address. <laughs> and you'll have there. <laughs> I hope so, even for myself. Yeah. <laughs> Karen, that's been absolutely brilliant. I can't believe that half an hour has already gone. It goes so quickly. Yeah, and, but there's, there's so much more to learn from you. As you say, you help turn the lead in your life into a golden opportunity. And I just want to say a huge thank you. What's your next role that's coming up? Have you got something in the yeah, pipeline? I've got a film, actually. Film? Wow. I've got filming um, either late December or January. Wow. Um, so that's just come in. So we're signing contracts for that, but I can't really go into it. So no, right. Well, I'm definitely, when you can go into that, drop me a line and let me know. And we'll definitely get you back on and we'll talk more. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much. That's been brilliant and hope to speak to you soon. Oh, Bye. 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 Oh, wow. Karen talks about stones and jewels. Well, she's certainly given us some jewels there to think about. She talked about identity, about spending time with yourself and becoming confident in your own skin. She said, stop procrastinating. Put yourself out there. Accept your vulnerability because you've got nothing to lose, just more to gain. She talked about the most important relationship you'll ever have being with yourself. And the most important message that I heard there from Karen is that your self-worth and value is not reflected in how others respond to you. Your self-worth comes from being able to answer the question, who am I? Well, I'm Leslie Hunter. You've been listening to Leadership Unleashed. And I'm off now to watch some Star Trek. See you next time. Thanks for listening today. For more information about Leslie and her book, Who Put You in Charge? Go to lesliehunter.com. There you can also join the pack, a free membership group where you'll receive regular hints and tips from Leslie, as well as access to some great leadership resources. So how are you doing as a leader? See how you measure up by downloading Leslie's free iPad app, the Effective Leader Scoreboard, available on iTunes. We'll see you next week for another edition of Leadership Unleashed. Leadership Unleashed.